Babatunda, thank you so much for joining me for a coffee with editor here at um, Africa Rail. It's lovely to see Wabtec here and exhibiting. Let's start with kind of Wabtec's position here in the South African context. And, um, you know, it is Africa. So let's, you know, talk about what's happening in Africa and what you think is exciting. Sure, sure. So look, I think South Africa continues to remain the key place to do business in rail. Okay, so 70% of the usable rail infrastructure remains in this market. Obviously, it's controlled by a few players in you know, Transnet as well as Prasa and a few concessions, the how trains uh, and whatnot. But sector-wise, there's been a significant loss of confidence and a significant loss of, uh, of you know, freight volumes to the road. And we are all feeling it right now, right? With, you know, congestion on the roads, etc. So revitalizing the rail sector is what Wabtec is all about. We're supporting all of the OEMs that are playing in this space and all of the customers from Prasa, Transnet, predominantly as an original equipment manufacturer focused on the diesel space even though we do have newer technology on battery that we hope one day to be able to come to Africa and, and be able to also help reduce the carbon footprint. So locomotives is our bread and butter is uh, you know we service about 500 locomotives in the South African market um, actively you know today providing spare parts as needed as well as technical advisors and then we're also trying to support with more efficiencies on the digital side to decongest the network and hopefully to open it up for more um, traffic. But some of the biggest challenges is about just the availability of the rolling stock and the availability of the network. And that's where we're spending a lot of time with you know, Transnet to hopefully try and decongest and lead to more traffic moving from the roads to the rail. So let's also just talk about some of Wabtec's technologies that are available that would actually be suitable for this region. I think everybody is talking about decarbonization and we're like getting really excited about alternative, um, do we call it power drive or drive power? <laughs> so you know, you've got the battery electric, what else? Our fleet is predominantly diesel. So the, the South African network is, you know, 50% diesel, 50% electric. So um, Alstom's, the Bombardiers provide those. We tend to focus on diesel electric, but highly efficient ones. that still burn diesel, but they burn less diesel. So we've invested a lot of money, a lot of technologies into reducing the amounts of diesel fuel and the amounts of emissions that a lot of our locomotives are burning. For us, the continuum or the next place is going to be alternative fuels. So we have gas solutions, okay, that ultimately gas is going to be part of the solution it is you know less dense than diesel and will be part of the solution so we have lng kits which you know better than diesel from a carbon standpoint and then batteries and to go beyond that would be electrics which is a market we tend not to play today so our solutions to the market is all about what's available today and diesel is the most available fuel and you almost have to make a fundamental choice a truck typically is going to you know, burn 70 times the amount of, of footprint than a locomotive on the rail wheel. So our solution to the market is we need to get a lot of 
volume or help our customers like Transnet get a lot of volume back on the rails, which helps the overall carbon story. And then we can start to figure out alternative fuels, the hydrogens, we're working on some hydrogen engines, the battery technologies, those will come later. But it starts, first of all, with principally helping to get more cargo back on the rail. Throughout Africa, and obviously certainly in South Africa, we have a lot of GE locomotives, and then GE is being supported by Wabtec. You guys did the buyout. Yes. How does that trans translate into the business case going forward? Sure. So in 2019, there was a merger. Uh, Wabtec Corporation acquired GE Transportation. So with that, all of the assets, all of the IP of GE Transportation is now owned by Wabtec. So that rebranding happened in 2019. So effectively, across the continent, um, there's about 1,200 locomotives that are either GE branded or Wabtec. So they're all 1,200 Wabtec locomotives. 700 of them are in South Africa. So it talks about the importance of South Africa. But we have a big install fleet in Mozambique, in Angola, um, in different markets in Francophone Africa, like Cameroon, Gabon, um, Egypt, we have a big program going on as well. Um, Liberia, so all across the board. So our solutions tend to be, I would argue, tailored to the market. And what's unique about us is we don't only focus on the initial sale of these high-powered locomotives, but we think about the long-term service um, of those. So we ultimately try and work with our customers with affordable solutions where you have the asset just like your car, and then you think about a maintenance plan where these assets could last there 30 years. Um, in reality, a lot of our assets on the continent have lasted 50 years. And they continue to run. So, so that was going to be my next thing. You know, technology has changed so much. Um, as the company, everybody's moved, you know, um, so much. Yet in Africa, where we have the original GE locomotives that are 50, yes. 45 to 50 years old, how are you still, in your business case, managing the supply of spares and, and maintenance for that equipment? And then let's talk about the possibility for them to have another 50 years life service. How are you modernizing? How are you able to supply the modernization for those assets? These machines were never built to last that long, okay? Mm -hmm. And oftentimes a lot of them have been serviced poorly. Um, and the supply chain, so most of the new locomotives are computers on rail, okay? The efficiencies that you get with, with one of the new machines that could re replace three if not four of the old ones. Yeah. So from a CapEx standpoint, makes more sense to go new. From a fuel efficiency, carbon footprint, same thing. So our approach has been to discuss with customers that have chunks of these locomotives on modernizations, where we're upgrading the control systems, which has really gone you know, electric at yeah. this point taking out a lot of the obsolescence um, has been a key focal point. So we are upgrading the brake systems. So we've kept active, funny enough, predominantly for Africa, a lot of the vital organs, the alternator, you know, control systems, etc., to still support those fleets. The biggest challenge that we actually have is a lot of the owners of these fleets end up being um, state-owned companies of which 
they are struggling fundamentally with raising the cash flow required to maintain these assets. So oftentimes they don't want to do the 90 day maintenance, you know, cycles, etc. Never mind the second yes. year one. Yes. <laughs> Never mind the overhauls, etc. So, you know, people are ignoring the manuals, the maintenance. So and we keep preaching the same thing. It's just like a car. If you don't maintain your car, it is gonna die at some point. But we built this machine so robustly that despite the poor maintenance, a lot of them are still able to run. We have, you know, parts, it costs us a fortune to keep the supply chain active for a fleet that is not being maintained regularly. So what we have is still an active supply chain. We do have packages to upgrade some of these particular assets to give them more lives, but it all depends. Some of them have gone into accidents. The platforms can no longer withstand. Some of the platforms are too short. The axle weight, they were built for a lighter regime. So 16, 17 ton, most machines that want to do heavy haul these days, 22, 23, 25. So it's a very, very complex dynamic. So oftentimes the discussion that we have is about, I can sell you one new locomotive that can take away three of your old ones more efficient to maintain etc so we're trying to get as much of those off of the market to reduce the cost of maintenance and operation so i would say we have the supply chain we're working to modernize the ones where customers have enough of the the cash flow to maintain them because it reduces the cost of operations as well as fuel would it would it be an interesting business case to say okay so here's a new locomotive it, it kind of has the ability to take on three, you take over the job of three of these locomotives. So almost do like a buyback and then put that secondhand rolling stock, overhaul it, you know, send it to a third party, overhaul it, and then sell it back as secondhand, almost as new. Typically, I would say that business case could work. The challenge is how do you value an asset that is 50 years old, but was built for 30? So you are almost in any other business, that's a write-off. Yeah. So the fair value of the asset is zero, but customers still think it has some value. So we've actually tried that. We've had some customers entertain the idea, but not enough to justify having a factory built to just do this. I'll give another example. The largest owner of rolling stock, um, most of it G, is Transnet. Transnet has probably about 400 of the older assets. So what they've done is over time, they've retired the older assets to start using them for shunting applications in the yards, okay? Or for the lighter regional rail. So there is already a proof point, okay? But when you're the only operator on the line, it's difficult. But I would expect as we get into the area of open access over time, that some of these assets, there is a compelling business case to take some of the 400 plus and start having it into private sector hands for use on dedicated corridors or more of the branch lines that are lighter where it could work the key is going to be yes exactly like a pool so it's a derivative of the idea but i think it can actually work in the south african context once a lot of these assets come into the market so we our role here is we're open to serve um that transition but right now a lot of our focus is on helping to get our existing customers lots of the availabilities for the assets back up to where it should be 
yeah. if it's adequately maintained. And we expect we'll be able to get them, you know, hopefully first phase by the end of the year and into next year. It just takes time because with the global challenges from COVID and the recovery, supply yeah. chain is tough everywhere. Everywhere. So that's one of the biggest hurdles. And then the inflation is also hitting. Cost has gone up. The rand is obviously devaluing. Yes, feelings, some of the effects. So it's a compounding challenge that is um, taking place at the same time. All right. Well, it's very exciting. And thank you very much for taking the time. No, it's a pleasure. Chat with me and um, I look forward to seeing you again soon. Absolutely.